It's amazing how some people spend their entire lives as an outsider, othered most of the time. They don't feel like they belong. They don't think they belong. And for some people, that's not okay. For other people, that's perfectly fine. It's like, I didn't want to belong. I didn't need to be a part of that inside group anyway. Those are all choices. What I want to spend some time talking about today is how can we make sure that the people that we impact on any given day, whether it's personal or professional, on our teams, in our communities, that the people we interact with, we're creating a culture where they feel as though they can belong if they want to. We've heard the term, you know, belonging in justice, equity, inclusion, and diversity work, you know, just across the globe. People are talking about what it means to be inclusive, what it means to, to create a sense of belonging, a culture of belonging. Those are words. I need them to be, and I want you to consider this, I need them to become behavioral and normative for you. Meaning on any given day, what are you doing on purpose to make sure that how other people experience you is through the lens of, I belong here. You know, this sense of belonging, it's a, we all know it's a psychosocial feeling, you know, like feeling connected to a social, cultural, professional community. So we sort of know what it is. And depending on who you are, we enter into most spaces already belonging. So let's, let's talk about that group first. So if you're part of any dominant culture, meaning you're in the majority, it doesn't matter what the dimension of humanity we are talking about. If you're part of the dominant culture, then when you enter those spaces with other people, you already are experiencing belonging. Like I see myself here. I see versions of my talent or my skills or my knowledge. I see other versions of myself. So, you know, our brain tells us that the emotional intelligence that we have sends us clues and cues that we're supposed to be here. And it's okay to be some version of ourself. Okay. Those are in groups. There are out groups. Out groups are people who enter into an environment. Remember this personal professional in our communities. You enter into the environment and you know from moment one, that you don't belong there. Not a lot of people look like you. Not a lot of people share the same skill set, values, practice the same traditions. There's something that signals to you that you don't belong. You don't fit in. The out group. Now, we've got two groups in us. So we've got the dominant group that, that we're going to call insiders. And then we have the out group that are not part of the dominant culture, yet they still have to coexist in the same space. Whose responsibility is it for an outsider to experience a sense of belonging? Whose responsibility is it? Let that, let that, let that go in for a second. Is it the in-group that when a new team member, a new family member, a new person in our community joins our spaces, is it the in-group's responsibility to be more welcoming? As a matter of fact, intentionally welcoming? So that person is experiencing belonging faster? Or is it the outsider when they come in? It's their responsibility to make themselves approachable. Is it their responsibility to do certain behaviors that invite the in-group to understand more about who they are? I think what we all realize as we listen to this, that it is complex. 
there's shared responsibility. And I want us always to remember that belonging is a shared responsibility. So there's the environment itself, so the space you're in. Then there's the people that are in the environment. Then there's the individual connections across different groups within the environment. So I want you to think about those of you in your social circles. You have your friend group, you have those people you hang out with, you can be yourself, you're super comfortable, you can be any version of who you need to be on any given day, any given time, and you know that it's okay to be you. Great, you belong. You know what you do in those circles though? If somebody else enters that circle and they're new to the circle, to the environment, to the way that you all interact with one another, we actually put them through what could feel like a hazing process, a testing process. We need to make sure they're okay being in our space together. And what I'm gonna push everybody to start to think about is like, why do you have to haze somebody? Why do we have to treat somebody in a testing formula to see if they belong? Why aren't we as humans, as humans, why aren't we the type of human that when people come into our space, we welcome them first versus test them first? We do this all the time. Again, I'll stick with your social circles for just a second. If you're with your group of friends, new person joins that group, the friends will start talking to each other about the person to see if they fit, to see if they belong. Now let's take it away from people that are in your friend group and go to teams at work. So you've got a team, it's already been in place. You've been in place for a couple of years. The organization is growing and thriving. New team members start to come on. There's an increase in hiring. Now you've got all these new team members that are a part of the environment. Most organizations, most teams will test the new people when they come on. There are some though, now think about this. There are some that when a new person comes on, there's that person or that small group of people that go to that new person and say, hey, here's how we get things done around here. They explain the environment. They explain the unspoken rules, the secret codes. They explain how to get information. They explain what may be relevant. There are some people who do that naturally. And there are other people who don't do it at all. So I want you to think about you in a workplace setting. If you're on a team, somebody new joins your team, when you're having explosive growth, team has to grow or teams merge. There's a reorg or something like that. When teams have to come together, they have to do the work of getting to understand one another, not just know one another. Because understanding is an action. When you understand someone, there's a higher probability that you will have created an environment of belonging. But you have to understand people. You can't just know them. I spend way too much time trying to get people to understand when they talk to me about people on their teams. They always talk about them in identifiers. You know, I have this Hispanic woman who's now on my team and she comes from, and they explain all these identifiers about who they are and where they come from, but they're not talking about the human. They're talking about the identifiers of the person. I ask them to go deep. So what do you know about the person? Like what are their motivators? What are their demotivators? What things are important to them in their life? We don't talk about that kind of stuff. Really? Really? You don't talk about that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then you wonder why some people 
when they've been in a space over an extended period of time and they don't experience belonging, we notice that they leave. We lose top talent in organizations all the time because no one created this intentional sense of belonging for the people around them. Because I believe that there are situations where there is this phenomena of situational belonging. And we accidentally do that for some people. Like when they join our teams or, or join our circles, based on the situation, we allow them to belong for a period of time, but they're not actually part of the in-group. In workplace settings on these teams, that has to stop. What we want to have happen is when teams come together, when people come together, not just for the first time, but all the time, what are we doing to increase higher levels of understanding of the human connection? Create stronger human connection and you will be that much closer to having a culture of belonging. If all you are doing is doing transactions, meaning here's who I am, here's who you are, here's the work that we're working on, here's the work you're working on, how are we going to collaborate? Those are transactions. I need you to move from being transactional to transformative on the human side of the equation. We will always do good work. We will always hit our OKRs and KPIs, always. The question is, do you have a, a KPI about the human connection, about the people in your life that you coexist with? I was doing a, a, a session in a, a team. They were experiencing explosive growth but at the same time, they were experiencing just more diversity on their team. And I'm just talking about human dimensionality. So they were experiencing more diversity. And what they recognize is that because we don't understand each other, we're having a hard time understanding, or are we making mistakes? Um, I don't know how to talk to these people. Maybe what if, you know, I offend somebody? And they had told themselves in a rational way in their mind that they should not do the work of getting closer to understanding for another human. It's like, you told yourself not to do it because of fear of saying something inappropriate, a fear of offending somebody, a fear of being misunderstood, or let's be real, it's a fear of being judged. Your jobs, all of our jobs as humans coexisting on this planet right now is to push toward understanding and stronger connection versus connections through divisive means. Belonging, hmm. It's a psychosocial feeling of being connected to a social, cultural, or professional community. We gotta do our part. And by the way, you know we don't know what's going on in people's lives. We just don't know. Let's consider this for right now. I don't care who you are and where you are, there is a possibility you're experiencing some type of fatigue, some type of burnout. You can name it, call it whatever you want, but all of us are dealing with different layers of stress. If we are, you do realize that unless you have put some pretty sound practices in place that are based on you know self-care and well-being and mental health, if you haven't put any practices in place to manage that, then your stressors make you behave a certain way and people see a different version of you, experience a different version of you on any given day. So we have to be careful when we are trying to apologize for ourselves. 
we have to be careful when we apologize and lead with, well, I'm just having a bad day. You know, I'm dealing with things. That's not what I meant. And we sort of protect ourselves in our narrative. Here's what I want you to think about. In, in the world of belonging, you know, when we talk about justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, we are not supposed to be starting with ourselves. We're supposed to be starting with the human connection through another human. What if we took the posturing of, can I get to understand my human faster so that I can be more helpful and supportive of whatever they're going through? And just by doing that small frame change in your mind, it creates permissions for that person to get comfortable. But we usually always start with ourselves. We don't know what people are going through. If, as you're listening to this, if you can go, there are any number of stressors in my life. There's fatigue in my life. I'm experiencing any level of burnout. You're thinking of you. And what I'm asking you to do is not to not think about what you're dealing with, but to open up the aperture on how you view human connection and think about those other people that you are coexisting with that may be going through something too. A leader told me in one of her you know, most recent town halls they were having. Um, some of the workforce were, were complaining about, you know, just you know, scores of, you know, well-being or whatever it was in that organization. And she said, I was the first one to admit that I don't do a good job of paying attention to what my people are going through. I do a great job, on the other hand, of paying attention to what the business is going through. I know what the business is dealing with. I know we have targets that we're trying to meet. I know the impact to the business if we don't meet them. I know what we're trying to do in Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. I know we're under-resourced right now. I know all the business stuff I know. If you ask me, what do I know about my team members at the individual level or even as a collective team in a function, I can barely answer the question because I don't pay attention that way. So I'm challenging everybody. I want you to think about how you show up in workplace settings. Are you paying attention? Listen to those words. Are you paying attention to the people on your team? That includes something they may be going through. That includes you could be the person that could be helpful. What we need people to to do in, in, in relation to this work about culture and and belonging and being productive. Think about this. We typically enter our days with a mindset of deficit thinking and scarcity. And we have to transition. We have to get away from that because that consumes most of our waking thoughts, which then translates into a set of behaviors. We should be looking through the lens of opportunity, looking through the lens of excitement. When the last time you've been excited at work, it's possible if you choose that as a mindset. Jim Rohn had a body of research that he did, and he always talked about there's a difference between being frustrated and fascinated. When the brain is frustrated, it shuts down. There's less innovation. There's less problem solving. The list goes on. He says, but when you're curious, when you're fascinated by things, our brain takes in all sorts of data and we synthesize it into an opportunity so that we can then go do something. So look through the lens of fascination, not frustration. Stop this deficit thinking, this scarcity thinking, like we're not gonna have enough, I don't know how we're gonna make it. 
and look at what are the possibilities if we think about this differently. Remember, you own what you think. You know what all of you love? We all love when other people help us. We love it. We're so thankful. We have so much, so much gratitude. We just love it when other people help us, even though we, maybe we didn't even raise our hand and ask for help. But we certainly appreciate when someone does. My point is, you want to create a strong culture of belonging, you have to be helpful to other people. That's how you create a person experiencing, I belong here, even though I don't see anybody that looks like me, that has my skill set, that comes from the same school, that has my same background. I am in a place where I am supported. Here's a technique you can work on. And you know, if it's helpful, use it. If it's not, give it to someone else because it may be useful to someone else. Think about counting the number of people you did something for over the span of a week. Think about the number of people you actually did something for, like you did it for them. You know, so ask your question, like, why did I do that for them? Plenty of answers. None of the answers are wrong. But you also have to ask the question, count the number of people that helped you. Watch, watch, watch where this goes. Count the number of people that have helped you across a span of time in your life. Whether it's when you first joined a team, like who was helping you? How did you learn to navigate the space? How did you learn what to do? Like how many people helped you belong? Like who was helping you? And then think that first question, when you count the number of people you did something for, the number's probably gonna be lower. And that's something we can change because that is choice. You have to understand that. And we have to all, you know, sort of understand that we are living multiple truths at the same time as we navigate this thing called life. You know, in our personal life, we're navigating multiple truths with how we're dealing with our family, the aging of our family, the new births in our family, the different um, job constraints that people in our personal life are going through. Like we, we understand there are multiple truths that we're navigating at the same time in our personal lives. We also have to do a better job of trying to get proximate to managing the perspectives of other people, especially the people we interact with. Like, can you do the work of seeing the world through someone else's reality? Can you actually do that? If you're willing to say yes to that, understand that you are being more helpful. If I understand what you're going through, if I, I know enough about you to understand why you may be just a little bit off today, or even why you're so excited today, it makes me interact with you differently. That's a culture of belonging. I understand all the variables, not just the transactional variables that allow us to get more done, whatever that is. So I want you to think about some of the things that you are doing that create a sense of belonging and some of the things you may be doing that unintentionally may be creating these environments of exclusion where people don't think who they are, where they are on their journey in life matters to you. We have to do the work. As you're listening to this, what I'm indexing toward pretty heavily is for all of us to understand we can all do better. We can all be better. Think about it. We can all be better. We can all do better. We can care more. You know, that's that's my uh, that's my thing right now. I'm trying to get people just to realize we can do more right 
than we can do wrong if we're willing to do the work. We can all do better. We can all be better. We can care more. And this conversation around belonging and what it means requires that there's a level of effort, a level of work. Where are you spending your time? Who are you spending your time with? Who are you talking to? What are you talking about? This is a great quick assessment. And then when you answer that question, you'll be able to say, oh, I'm spending my time with these three to five people. Whether, you know, in the workplace setting, these are the people I tend to, that tend to take up my day. Okay, great. Then ask yourself the second question, who am I not spending time with and why? It's fascinating. Your own self-assessment. Where are you spending your energy? Because who you're spending your energy with and what you're spending your energy on is possibly creating belonging for that person and you. Where you are not spending your energy, who you are not taking time with and spending energy with could be creating an environment of exclusion. Because when we connect with people, that's where belonging begins. Where are you spending your time? Again, people are going through a lot of things. So I'll share an example of where somebody experienced belonging for the first time and it actually changed their life. They were sitting on a team. This is a professional uh, example. They were sitting on a team and the business had just been, they had been burning and churning people. It's like people could barely keep up. And, you know, new people would come in. They wouldn't last that long. Things were just happening. And, the, you know, technically, if you just look at it in its purest sense, everybody was just tired. They were exhausted. They were either exhausted because, you know, just the physicalness of being on every day all the time. It's just exhausting. So they were exhausted for that. They were exhausted because they couldn't figure out how to manage all of the load that was pointed at them. It's like, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And then some of them, just from an emotional point of view, just emotionally tapped out because there's just there's just so much shit going on. It's like, I'm just like, I got nothing left. So think of a team like that and think of a person on that team. Now, here's where, you know, belonging comes in and here's where we can all do a little bit better. Earlier, you heard me, you know, talk about paying attention. This person mentioned on their team that their manager noticed that this person had their camera off on a couple of the meetings, not every meeting, but the camera was off. And the thing that the manager noticed, the manage, manager uh, said, can I talk to you for a minute? And this is how the manager started the conversation. Hey, just wanted to check in on you. How you doing? Now at first, the person goes, something's getting ready to happen. They're getting ready to ask me, am I okay? So they can give me more work. Like it just knew something was gonna happen. And guess what the manager did? The manager went, I don't actually want anything. I'm, I'm just checking on you, seeing if you're okay. That person said, you know what the most interesting thing about that is he's never said that to me before. I've heard him say it to other people. And because when I've heard him do these check-ins with other people, like he'll say it at the beginning of one of the call, you know, hey, just checking in on you. Let me know if you need anything. He would say, I would hear him say things like that. Or even at the end of a call, he would say, you know, if you need to talk to me, you know, I can stay on a few minutes. If you need anything, let me know how I can help. He would say all those things, but he never said it to me. And then one day he said it to me and I almost didn't know how to react. He says, I'm just checking on you. Now, what I found out later after talking to him a little longer was that he was checking on me 
because he noticed by paying attention that my camera was off just a little bit longer than normal, a few times more frequently than other times, and he was checking in. And I asked him what, you know, so I asked him why he did it. And he goes, I do that for everybody. Because I know people, you know, any given day, things are happening. I'm not using the camera as a, as an assessment, like whether you're on camera or off camera, but your engagement is different now. You, you know, I, I just remember when, you know, even as, as small as three or four months ago, super engaged, you always had ideas, you were pushing back on things and that's almost atrophy down to nothing. So I'm checking in on you. And person said, I have never had anybody do that for me. And the fact that the person even checked in, all they, just the words, I'm checking in on you, made me feel like this was the right place. It made me feel like all this work that I'm going through, it's, it's always going to be something. But I think now... I'm experiencing what I hear other people say. I like working here because people care. I had never felt that up until that moment. And I've been here a minute. So this is really good for me. It's really good for me. Now, take that example. A couple of things you got to notice about that. First of all, the manager had to be paying attention. Second, the manager had to have some level of relationship with the person on the team to even notice. Third, the manager was very intentional and deliberate about how to follow up and follow through with a human on their team. How many of you are deliberate? I think most of us are accidental at best, creating belonging for other people. We do it by accident. I want you to do it on purpose. Intentionality, intentional interaction daily that support cultures of belonging. You have to do the work. That's what I mean by do the work. Now, that's a workplace example. I had a someone in their personal life they said this is this was her talking to me about trying to figure out how to navigate a pretty um, pretty toxic environment uh, in her personal life, and what she was able to call out and recognize. He said the only way I was able to make it through that tough time is I had people I could go to where I could be myself. I'm gonna say that again. I had people I could go to where I could be myself. I had people I could go to where I could be myself. How many of you have a a place you can go, a person you can go to where you can be yourself, like your real self. Guess what? When you can be yourself and you can point to a person, that person or the environment that that person is in over a period of time created that for you. It didn't happen by accident. It was on purpose. I want us to be intentional, be deliberate, follow up with people, follow through with people, connect with people. At the same level, you expect people to do that for you when you need it. Now, belonging looks different to different people. If you take that personal example, that person said, the only way I made it through those tough times was because I had someone. I need to share something with you. There are people around us that don't have anyone. And how are they making it? And I'm trying to get you to hear this. When you can create belonging for people, when you can cut through the bureaucracy and all the things that keep us divided and just look at the human as a human, we all are wired to be socially connected. We're wired to be with each other. We're not wired to stay apart. So when we are apart, when we don't pay attention to people, that means it's possibly a choice, possibly. 
So I want you to think about what you're doing to make yourself move toward being helpful versus away from being helpful or accidentally unhelpful. I'd like for you all to consider this. Sometimes we have to hide you know, portions of who we are in order to feel like we belong. That is a load that, and a burden and even traumatic for some people to always have to hide portions of who they are in order to, to blend in, fit in, belong. I need you to at least take the responsibility of when you're in a one-on-one. Remember, this is personal, professional. When you're talking to somebody one-on-one, at least allow them to be the version of themselves they need to be around you and tell them they do not have to mask up. Think about that. We wear multiple masks across our days, across our weeks, for months, some of us for years. The thing you can do that reduces that trauma, that burden, is to make such a strong human connection with that person that they understand I can be a little bit of who I need to be around you. And then over time, you will notice that belonging is right in front of you. We got to make sure that we care for people. We got to first, we got to care for our own, I'm going to call them our own team, whether that's your own team at work or your own team at home, you know, your home team, it doesn't matter. We got to make sure we care for our own team and, and we've got to work to, to, to nurture things and maintain and sustain over time. This one-time thing that we do, nah, not good enough. Not right now. Maybe that worked in the past. There's what, there are way too many dynamics we all have to manage as humans. And our job is to make sure that we are more helpful than harmful. We have to make sure we care for our own team, home team, work team, life team. And we have to make sure we are nurturing and maintaining and sustaining this thing called belonging for the people around us. And sometimes it's setting expectations because not, not everybody receives belonging in the same way. And it's cultural. It's uh, generational. It just looks different to different people, but you have to set expectations that you are willing to be part of the solution toward belonging versus the reason people are talking about belonging because you haven't done your part. You got to hold yourself accountable. Now, this is day-to-day stuff. People need to feel seen. They need to feel welcome. They need to feel respected. They need to feel valued. That is normal human condition. And that all sounds like soft skill stuff. You, we all know this. Soft skills are now the hard skills. Us being able to like navigate humanity and remain productive across the scope of our life is really difficult. So get focused, my friends. I want you to really be focused on the impact you have on other people. Get focused. Think about the words I use, the, the, the nonverbals that people see. And yeah, people can see your nonverbals through a tile on the screen. Yes. What are you doing to make people feel like they're part of something? What are you doing? to make sure that you are doing your part to make sure that the team is experiencing team-level belonging. We can talk about individual belonging all day long. There's this thing called team-level belonging too. So pull yourselves in a situation and just ask yourself a few questions as we think about this. If you believe that we can all do just a little bit better, like we can do better, be better, care more. If you believe that, then you're gonna have to put some sort of plan in place. And that plan in place can be at whatever level you have the capacity to start. But not doing anything, that should not be an option because we all owe. We didn't get where we are right now by ourselves. Somebody supported us. 
Somebody was around us. Somebody made us feel seen, heard, and respected. Someone did. That can happen at the environmental level. It can happen at the individual level. It can happen at the team level. Your job is to make sure that you are paying it forward. You wouldn't be where you are if it weren't for someone else. You belong and you know those places that you do. Create that for people around you. I uh, just want you to understand that you have an impact on somebody's story, life story, every day. We're all living just one story. Think about it. <laughs> Our life's just one long story. And it changes multiple times. And if you are a part of somebody else's story, I choose to be the good part of the story. To do what I can to help somebody. So I'll leave you with this. Make sure when you start your weeks or start your days that you're focused on belonging by thinking like this. What can I do to make somebody's day? What can I actually do to make somebody's day? Small things have a big impact. It doesn't have to be big, it doesn't have to be large, it doesn't have to be a wow. It just has to be real. What can I do to make someone's day? Because the reality is, if you're not focused on making someone's day better, it's possible you're taking something from someone's day. Interesting. Interesting. I want you to make someone's day versus take from someone's day. Hope this has been helpful. Pass this on, share, be grateful. Always have gratitude and lead with gratitude and understand we can all do better. We can all be better. We can all care more. Thank you.